I want to talk about stuff, but we probably should save it for the show. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> Welcome to GCP Life, a podcast about Google Cloud and tech. GCP Life is sponsored by Kazna. Kazna make Google Cloud solutions possible. I'm your host, fresh from a post-COVID lockdown haircut, Stephen Bancroft. On today's show, we have plenty of industry news, job news, quantum computing tech news, and of course, what we're going to do with the show. But before we get to any of that, I'd like to introduce to you the cloud tech, the cloud guru, or as Joe Biden once said, that bloke from the other side of the ditch, Ira Bailey. How are you going, Ira? Yeah, I'm going good. <laughs> I just made that bit up about Joe Biden, by the way. It's fine. <laughs> Our Australian viewers will get that. <laughs> Our Australian listeners will get that. Yes, guys. So in case you haven't worked it out, this is a brand new podcast, um, and we're going to be talking all about Google Cloud, Google Tech, um, and we're going to throw in a bit of the odd uh, bit of industry news and the odd tech story that int- introduces uh, that, that grabs our fancy. Um, but uh, first, probably you probably want to know a little bit about us. Um, we, uh, full transparency, we work at a company called Kazna. And we are a Google Cloud specialist, and uh, we we deliver and build Google Cloud products. Wouldn't you say, Ira? Yeah. Yep. That's us. Nerds in the cloud. In the cloud. That's right. <laughs> in the cloud. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of be kind of the, the way we work. Um, Ira's in in New Zealand, which is, and I'm in Australia, so that gives us a bit of an international flavour, I think. Um, I've worked at Kazna now for 12 months. And what about yourself, Ira? How long have you been here? Uh, close to two years. Yeah. Two years. In January. Yeah. yeah. And, and we came up with this crazy idea to do a podcast because it was uh, one of our OKRs. No, 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 no. Because we want to do it. <laughs> we want to do it. Um, yeah. So there'll be links in the show notes all about Kazna, And there'll be links in the show notes uh, about each of us. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us by... Uh, then all means do that. Um, a big part of what you're going to hear about today is about this show, how we're going to develop it and how you're going to get in contact with us and uh, how things are going to work going forward from here. But um, I thought we might just get straight into it. Ira, what do you think? And, and yeah, we talk yeah. about the big hot thing that's happening at the moment, of course, Google Next, which uh, for us kicked off yesterday. What do you think? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I haven't managed to get a huge amount of info out of it, but um, the uh, Google Distributed Cloud is pretty interesting. Uh, basically, you get to run Google Cloud and their data models and ML models uh, basically anywhere. <laughs> so, pretty interesting. Yeah, interesting that you picked up on that because I watched the keynote as well, and that was the big thing that um, jumped out at me. And I have to admit, I... I don't really quite understand what they were trying to get at with it. Can you, you got any understanding? Are you able to break it down uh, exactly how this, how, how this works? Yeah, so yeah, I did a one week training course on how to run Anthos on your data center. Um, so basically uh, that, this is um, using Anthos, which is kind of Google's flavor of kind of managed uh, um, Kubernetes. Uh, 
Um, yeah, just you can run it anywhere. But the interesting thing in the um, distributed um, cloud part, the announcement is that they're basically working with um, cellular carriers probably around the world where you can basically run your code at the edge on the in the 5G uh, towers, basically, which is going to be pretty interesting. So in the five G towers, right? So from what I understand, you have this Google that basically brings the edge network to the carrier. Is that is that right? The Google. Well, you get to basically run Google Cloud services on the say Telstra's um, in Telstra's network. So you reduce their latency from going from mobile phone to Telstra, then out to some Google data center. You actually it goes to a service running with within that carrier. Right. Okay. So, uh, I, 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 so many questions. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah, things like, like uh, <laughs> super li- like much reduced the latency for say voice to text, um, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, right. And is this all services or just just AI services? Uh, if it's Anthos, it's basically anything that you can run on Anthos, which is Kubernetes. So if it, you can put it in a container, you can run it. Ah, right. So they're bringing the they're going to effectively bring a Kubernetes cluster that you can have access to. Yeah. In, ah, right, right. Hmm. So it's, All right. it's like well, a yeah, I mean, IoT, it's... but it's uh, it's running a full cluster. So well, maybe not IoT, cluster, but right? it's <clears throat> getting it's the, the whole push to basically uh, push the compute closer to the end user is where it's going. Yeah, edge. and if I, if I was to read directly off the page here, it says, allowing customers to leverage over 140 plus Google Networks edge locations around the world, which we know. And then this is what you're talking about, enabling customers to take advantage of operators' edge network and benefit from 5G LT services offered by our leading communication service providers and partners. The operator edge is optimized to support low latency use cases running edge applications with stringent latency and bandwidth requirements. Hmm. Right. Okay. So, I mean, this could be a game changer for um, services that are only currently available in the US, especially for us here in, in you know, the southern end of, you know, yeah. the bottom part of the planet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not sure exactly the full range of services offered, but the... The interesting thing is, it's bringing that that compute closer to end end user or IoT devices as well. So, I mean, the big thing with the whole, uh, I guess, the bottleneck now. Moore's law is kind of people say dead, but you know, we're getting actually compute is is the price of compute and what you can do with compute is still following that curve, but network and storage is not so. Trying to push the same amount of data and do the same compute that you're trying to do, you kind of scale it the same way. It doesn't work kind of anymore because the network is now the bottleneck. So if that's the right. bottleneck, you want to do less network, and so that means less hops and push it is basically on the device if you could. And if you can't get it on the device, you want it to be basically on the cell phone tower. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Bring, the, bring the compute as close as possible to the the, the user. Yeah, yeah, the user. yeah, yeah. So you're not yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that was a great story. Um, there was um, 
There's another thing you mentioned here about binary auth for cloud run. Yeah, so <clears throat> binary authorization is basically a security uh, kind of tool, which basically says, um, is your container, has it been security checked or not? Um, there's a little gateway before you say you go to production. Before that's, uh, that was only really working for uh, GKE, but um, now you can get the whole thing working with um, Cloud Run, and I'm pretty sure it's free, so it's quite good. Um, I think it was free with GKE. Yeah. So is this something that's done in container registry, or is this, this done? Uh, uh, it has its own little thing, um, but it's a cool thing, is you kind of plug in a lot of things. You can set your own metrics. You can say, oh, you know, if it's got a tag with an emergency, then let it in or you know you can you can fiddle around with how you want your um you know your security gate to look like so if it's you know got a cve critical security rating of 10 in some of the code that you're pushing in a container you can say no that doesn't go to pride but um if it's only like three low level stuff you're not sure that's fine um but yeah, so it's kind of customizable, but it's it's right. pretty and it signs it too, doesn't it? So it's only that's the whole authorization bit. Yeah, yeah. To run if it's signed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I could think of I can think of use cases for that straight away. Um, and I noticed in the keynote as well they they had a big focus on um, well I'm I'm stopping short of calling it greenwashing, but. They they wanted to have a you know carbon neutral approach. Yeah, um, well, I mean, Google Cloud has always said that they are carbon neutral and they they offset everything basically in all the data centers, which is why I thought they had their bit in the keynote with was saying they'll let you know how much carbon you're burning, even though they're carbon neutral. <laughs> I don't get that. But... Yeah, and you can choose you can choose the green sites or something. I I, I never never I didn't dive into that yet, but mm. they're giving you some option where you can choose uh, which data center you know is going to pump out the, the least CO two, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a cool one. So yeah, plenty to watch there. Um, it's four days Google Next. Um, I guess by the time our listeners hear this, it'll be over, but you can go back and, and watch the stuff. I've created a playlist. My playlist um, is, is kind of focused on uh, compute network and a little bit of DevOps thrown in there, uh, which tends to be my wheelhouse. Um, but, but tons of material. It sounds like they're making a lot of announcements. It was just coming thick and fast in the keynote, and I, just, I couldn't keep up. I was trying to just had it on in the background while I was working, and four hours just for the first day, and then like probably another four hours today is going to be a lot to digest over the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, all right, so something else um, that sort of caught our attention over the last couple of weeks is this Dora Research Program. Now, I've never heard about this, Ira. What's this all about? Um, <clears throat> so it's a, a Google-sponsored um, research project uh, looking at um, DevOps and how to do DevOps. Um, and basically, they do this survey every year. They've been doing it since 2016, 15, um, quite a while. And basically, it's, it's a survey of uh, anonymous survey from, I think it's around a few thousand different companies or, or people engineers working at companies about their practices and how many times a day do they release their products, uh, their, their code, how many times does it fail, um, and basically current best practices. And they basically track um, 
who's doing terribly at DevOps and um, basically they're trying to work out a maturity model um, and follow uh, how DevOps, I guess, can get better and it provides some guidance for people who are kind of flailing around. Um, kind of a bit lost in the DevOps world, right? Yeah, because yeah. when you look at it, I mean, there's so many tools you can pick from and so many processes you can use mm. and it, it's like exactly where do you go and I guess what they're trying to do here, they're making a survey of everyone and collating all that data and saying, look, these guys here have the greatest success and and the, and what they uh, what they do is is and you know what I did say put the phone on Thingo and I didn't put the phone on Thingo <laughs> <laughs> so the phone's gone off anyway um, yeah so I guess yeah that if you can say you know these guys have the greatest success and this is the tool set that they use then that's what you should be doing right yeah yeah um, and they have uh, probably out of that they've got a what they call the four keys metrics which is like deployment frequency uh lead time for changes time to resource services and change failure rate and basically if you monitor those and you kind of try and aim to basically reduce the time for all of those other than basically and reduce the number of failures um those are the main i guess metrics that the best performers in the in the industry um, manage well so and it's pretty hard to i mean you can do deploy a lot uh, and break a lot so you can probably do good at some of those but maybe not all of them at the same time um yeah and so uh, where i'm working at the moment um we're, we've got a program to basically monitor that um so it's pretty, it's pretty good output from this research program awesome awesome yeah um i've got to dig into this a little bit more um, there's a lot there to, to, to digest. Um, link, link to it will be in the show notes. If you're interested in DevOps at all, then go and check that out. Um, and it's an annual thing. So, um, yeah, you might even be able to get involved with it. Awesome. Um, all right. So one thing I want to do with this show, Ira, is, um, I want to, we're going to have some regular segments where, um, they're going to be, uh, we're not going to have the same segments every week, right? We're going to have a bunch of segments and we're just going to choose from those segments and, and, and run run a segment um, as something comes up. Um, and we've already given you a bit of industry news today. Um, one of the other segments I wanted to run is I need a job. Of course, everyone likes jobs and opportunities. And at Kasna, um, actually at Mantle Group, and we'll explain what that is in a minute, um, we have... A lot of career opportunities you can move around in between mantle group um so mantle group's a house of brands and and one of the brands within mantle group is kasna that's where our and our and i work and uh the, the brands focus on uh google cloud aws um uh data ai uh design um and uh and of course azure um and if you were to work at one of our our uh one of those brands, then then you could move freely. Well, you can move between those uh, various brands as your career progresses or moves, or if you get bored of something, right? Which is a really attractive thing, I think. Um, and right now, we've got a bunch of cloud engineer roles available. Um, and one I wanted to point out today is actually in your neck of the woods, Ira. It's in Auckland. Um, it's a cloud engineer role. Um, Similar to doing cloud engineering with Google Cloud, similar to what I'm doing. 
um, and you will um, you be doing you know cloud engineering. Um, here it is. I'll just give I'll just give you the skinny on it. What you'll be doing as your role as a cloud engineer, you'll be working collaboratively with other team members and our clients to deliver business outcomes using your skills in automation and cloud computing engineering. Wow, it sounds great. <laughs> you, this is good marketing talk. Now it's fantastic. Um, Use your understanding of Google Cloud, of course, Kubernetes, serverless technologies, um, and site-related engineering principles to observe and trace applications. So, yeah, day-to-day you'll be doing um, in-house stuff for Kasna and, and Mandel Group and then uh, project work for our clients. So we are a consulting firm, and a consulting firm, I don't like that term at all. Uh, we are a company that does solutions for other companies. Um, and one of the big, big, big ticket items um, that you know I'm I'm really happy that uh, I started work here 12 months months ago is that that Mantle Group was voted as the number one best place to work in Australia, um, and that's that's done by a uh, a vote that's taken by the staff and then uh, ranked. Um, we were ranked as the medium-sized business number one in Australia, and it's an actual, it's a, it's a, it's an award that's been given out for what the last twenty or thirty years, I think, Ira. Uh, it's a, it's a fair income award, um, and uh, it's, it's no word of a lie that that this place is an awesome place to work, and uh, if if you want a job as a cloud engineer, we've got a role there for you at the moment. So check that out, um, Ira. You got anything to add to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, if this role is in Auckland, um, yeah, the cool thing about Mantle is we have these little hubs um, and there's a little workspace being set up and or has been set up a couple of months ago in Queenstown. And so we're all kind of remote, especially if you're in New Zealand. Um, so if you want to go skiing, just go to go down to Queenstown, have a place to work. And then to um, there's a hub, we're calling hubs getting set up in Auckland, which looking for a nice spot and waiting for a lockdown to end here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, well, we're on the way out of lockdown now and I can't wait. I miss my ski season this year, but I'm going to get over to Queenstown and definitely hit the slopes over there for sure. But yeah, that's one of the things I didn't mention is uh, we, are, we are effectively a, a remote work, remotely operated organization now. And we, we use we have these hubs with the concept of these work hubs and Queenstown is one of them. Um, so you can work from home if you like, um, but you know occasionally you can you can pop into one of these work hubs and uh, meet meet you know meet up with your colleagues there and work from the work hub for a day for a few days. Um, we have one in Queenstown as we mentioned. We've got one um, up in Magnetic Island, which is opposite Townsville. If anyone wants to go for a holiday there, uh, Sydney and Melbourne. Um, and Perth. Perth was established recently uh, by our fantastic CEO, our CTO, who you'll meet, I'm sure, in the next few episodes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Auckland, great place to be. If you're a cloud engineer, uh, if you know GCP, or even if you don't, if you if you know a little bit about, if you know AWS and you, you're interested in Google Cloud, then, yeah, look that up. Uh, once again, link will be in the show notes. Excellent. All right. So um, I wanted to cover a tech news story. And I think one of the big things that's going to interest our audience and is probably tangentially related to cloud computing is quantum computing. And I think um, this is probably going to be a thread. I want to follow the quantum computing story 
pretty closely, and I want to follow this particular one pretty closely as well. Um, the story I've got here uh, is around um, a uh, room. Let me just give you, quantum computing hits the desktop, no cryo cooling required. And I, this, this immediately twigged to me. I went, what are they doing here? How can they do this? And then I read, started reading the article and I was pleased to find it was an Australian slash German company has developed a powerful quantum computing accelerators the size of graphics cards. They work at room temperature, undercutting and outperforming today's huge cryo-cooled quantum supercomputers and soon they'll be small enough for mobile devices. What? How are they doing this? This is what I, 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 I've, got to, I've got to talk about this. How exactly are they doing this? And the fact that it's an Aussie company as well. If you, if you, once again, the link will be in the show notes. But if you dig into the story, you'll see it was uh, uh, developed by an Australian company and they're being manufactured in Germany. Well, how are they doing this? Well, a bit of a backstory. Um, for those of you that aren't um, up on quantum computing, I imagine our audience would be. Um, traditionally, they, they use the spin of a... Of an, they use electron spin. To, to, to know the superposition of the electron, whether it's up or down or in superposition. But with this new technique, they're using the nuclear spin. And I went, what the heck is nuclear spin? Well, nuclear spin is the, I'll give you the textbook answer. Nuclear spin is the summation of all orbital angle, of orbital angular momentum and spin angular momentum of all the particles in the nucleus. So if you take all of those spins, you add them all up, You'll get a total spin, and that's the one they're using. And the thing about that is, is it's far less susceptible to any variations from heat or electromagnetics or vibrations, right? It's much more stable. So doing that, they're able to use room temperature quantum. They're able to measure it at room temperature. I'll give you the, I'll give you the excerpt from the article here. This is complex business, so we'll throw over to Quantum Brilliance white paper for a technical description. Now, stay with me here, Ira. Yeah. This is this needs to be broken down, okay? <laughs> the, the, room, I'll, I'll quote this here. Room temperature diamond quantum computers consist of an array of processor nodes. Right, we're cool with that. Right, we understand that bit. Each processor node is, is comprised of a nitrogen vacancy NV center, a defect in the diamond lattice consisting of a substantial nitrogen atom to a vacancy. So they have their lattice and then they have a defect and that creates a hole in the lattice, right? I think we're cool with that, right? Yeah. Um, right, so a defect in the diamond lattice consists of a substantial nitrogen atom and adjacency vacancy and a cluster of nuclear spins. The intrinsic nitrogen nuclear spin is up to about 13 nuclear spins impurity. So in the vacancy, that's where they have their nuclear spin, right? And this is much more stable. Whilst the NV centers act as a quantum bus that mediate the initiation, readout of the qubits, and inter and internodal quantum qubit operations, quantum communications is controlled via radio frequencies, microwave, optical, and magnetic fields. <sighs> I had to read that about five or six times, and I probably just did a terrible reading of it then, but... Basically, you have a diamond lattice, you have a vacancy in the diamond lattice, and in the diamond lattice, you have your nuclear spin occurring within there. And you can, you can manipulate that using radio frequency, microwave, optical, and magnetic field. So the, the physics is all there. 
the technology's all there. They've just got to downsize it a little bit. And it's completely within the realm of doable. Um, another quote from the article here. The fundamental property we're using, says new hire Mike Mattingly Scott, who will observe operations from the company from a company in Germany, is nuclear spin. And not the spin of an electron. An atom cares a lot less about thermal vibrations, for example, than an electron. So this way we can run them at room temperature. In the nitrogen vacancy, the NV, which we mentioned before, there's a hole. And through that, we're able to interact with qubits. There are multiple interactions, so we actually get potentially multiple qubits per vacancy. This is a completely different way of doing it. You don't need the big, the big cryo coolers and all the craziness that you have. So they can break this down. They can get this down to the size of a graphics card. And 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 in, in the article, linked in the show notes, there's an, a picture of it where it literally looks like a graphics card. You plug it into your computer and you've got 50 qubits available to you. This is a game changer. Like some of the, some of the ideas that they're proposing, uh, and this is why it flags my attention, um, uh, it could be linear algebraic and matrix style operations that underpin a lot of machine learning and AI. So you could end up with, um, I know you can get AI and machine learning cards right now, high density uh, TPUs, but that's not a quantum computer, right? <laughs> it's not a quantum computer. So I'm, I'm going to track this story really closely. Um, and uh, I really want to see where this goes because um, they're talking about 50 qubits should be available. They want to get the product down to about 50 qubits by around 2025. So, I mean, four years, we could have quantum computers in our desktop. Did you read this, Ira? What did you yeah, think Yeah, yeah. I, I read it and I thought, uh, remind me in five years, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I definitely think um, this idea of, you know, having a couple of big supercomputers around the world run by... Google and Facebook, and that's it. It's probably not a great idea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So the more distributed quantum computers, the better. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Totally having at room temperature would be great. But um, yeah, I like a lot of things. So it's kind of, is it marketing, or is it real? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the science that they're explaining here seems reasonable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things you got to see if it does pan out, right? I mean, and they, they, I'm surprised they didn't say, "Oh, we'll see it in five to ten years." You know, that's that's typically the kind of thing you see. But no, they're they're calling it. They're saying 2025. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess we'll. Uh, I know one of the segments you want to do, Ira, is what happened to. So I guess in you know 12 months' time, we'll we'll be following up on this one. Whatever happened to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I tend to be an optimist for these things. I'd really love to see this. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it pans out. So, um, I guess that brings us to, um, yeah. What are we going to do with this show, Ira? How are we going to, um, what are we going to, what's the plan? So this is our first episode. Um, right now we have next to nothing. We have, in fact, we even had trouble trying to timetable in the time to make this recording. (laughs) So, Ira and I both work full time for Kasner, and we come up with this. You know, I was after a co-host, and Ira said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it." And then we realised, oh, we actually have real work to do. But you know, 
this is this will become real work and it is real work i see it's good <laughs> it's i'm on leave and moving house yeah you're on leave and moving how'd that go by the way uh still moving <laughs> still moving oh yeah i hate the moving thing yeah yeah and what was it you're moving from a house that was fully furnished into a house that was also comes with furniture well yeah uh house that had our furniture moving into a house that was fully finished that was half the size so yeah. in a in a yeah, snap lockdown where you can't take anything to the depth shop or no secondhand places will accept anything so we're filling up sheds with storage <laughs> uh, yeah Anyway, we've got a long way to go on this show. I want to have so what I'm thinking is I want to have a full setup. All right, I want to go. I want to have the website. I want to have. Um, I want to have a publishing pipeline. So I, I'm going to edit this show. I'm going to put it together. I'll just drop it into a, a Google bucket, and it bang. It just puts it out everywhere it needs to be. Uh, of course, we want to do everything on GCP. Um, I want to have. I want to have. We've got. We've got some gear, and we've got some idea. But we don't have all the gear and all the idea at the moment. Um, I, I obviously had a mic. Ari, Ari doesn't have a mic yet. He's just he's just working. And what are they? QCs? QCs you got there? Or you, you have hey, what even are they? Something. Something terrible. But there's a mic on order. Trust us. There's a mic on order. I haven't paid for it yet, though. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ira's mic story. Maybe that'll become an item of story on the show. That that and me buying a video card. Oh my god! Don't buy a video card at the moment. Can you that's, even that's do just that? A nightmare. Well, <sighs> vendors on eBay are claiming they've got them. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going a thirty eighty or a thirty ninety. Anything crazy? I, I'd just be happy with a you know a, a second hand twenty eighty Ti uh, or or an RX sixty seven hundred something like that. Uh, but I'm not sixteen hundred, eighteen hundred dollars, maybe two thousand bucks. They're asking. Yeah, that's, that's, out, that's outrageous. And all, and all I want to do is play one game on movie quality. That's all I want to do. It's not much to ask. <laughs> <laughs> not much to ask. Anyway, there'll be more stories about that, and more stories about the show. And what I want to do, I actually want to try and make any any code we develop, because we're going to do it all as infrastructure as code. And anything we develop for the show, I want to make it publicly available as well. I want to make it so that our listeners can grab that and they can use that code, and then they can they can use it in their own projects. and And, and we we might be available to the listeners to help them out with their projects um, as we get things moving along. Um, as of right now, we don't have any way to contact the show, but I'm sure by episode two, <laughs> I want to have something by episode two by the time we record. I want to have something ready to go, so we've got at least some sort of uh, visibility on the on the net. Awesome, Ira. Well, it's been great. Uh, it's been great chatting with you, um, and uh, I, I think I think it's come. It should come out all right. I think it should come out all right. <laughs> of course. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for chatting to us. And uh, I want to do a couple of shout outs at the end of the show here. First of all, I want to shout out to uh, Kazna Beyond Two Clouds. Kazna. Kazna has a YouTube channel called Beyond Two Clouds, which is hosted by our CTO and CEO. Uh, and they occasionally do interviews and uh, just just shoot the breeze about uh, Kazna and and Google Cloud. Um, of course, if you want to contact the show, we don't have a show contact at the moment, but we'll work on that over the next few weeks. And of course, the show today was sponsored by Kazna. Kazna do cloud solutions for your business. And Ira, I'd say that's about it for this. Catch you in another two weeks. See you later.
Thank you.